morning, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to yet another exciting Monday Mindset meeting. Uh, before we get started, and before I introduce my co-host, Rich Groff, uh, in a second, I just want to welcome you, and I would like you to welcome yourself as well. So please, in the comments box, uh, let us know where you're at in the city, um, what industry you're in. Um, it's always great, you know, for Rich and I to kind of take a peek at those and see what's going on. Um, and I think by now everyone is so accustomed to the chat box. So you'll be able to see lots of different things that's going on. So thank you for joining us. Um, please note that Catherine Monroe, our producer or ex assistant extraordinaire, um, <laughs> is going to be here as well. And she's going to be doing some stuff in the uh, chat box. And so please look out for that. Um, Catherine, I'm just going to mute you just so you're good. Um, other than that, um, we're going to also do something really special. I'm going to announce it. We did it last week. And we're probably going to do it again uh, this week. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. So for this Monday Mindset Meeting, I wanted to uh, introduce uh, Rich Groff. And so to get into it, Rich Groff is the CEO, speaker, uh, and coach with Stoke Growth and is also a transformational catalyst. He's going to tell us about that a little bit later. Educated at a certified, uh, educated as a certified professional performance sales coach who has worked with hundreds of business leaders and sales professionals. His ability to break down barriers into success in a simple and easily implemented format has launched many of his clients to the next level of achievement. By identifying and focusing on key performance trigger, Rich has made the difficult task of growth seem simple and obtainable in both individual as well as in a group setting. Uh, folks, for today's meeting, please help me welcome Rich Groff. Thanks, everybody. It's good to be here. Good. So, Rich, anything I missed out? Anything about you that I missed out besides 1812? <laughs> Wow. Um, uh, father of six, and uh, we do all kinds of different things. But uh, thank you very much, Kyle. When I need uh, somebody to do a voiceover, or maybe even give me a good introduction, uh, that's actually bigger than life, that I'll definitely get to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's my little side gig, because you know, it's all about pivoting. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, excellent. I appreciate it's that. All about pivot. So listen, Rich, let's get right into it. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that we said that you're going to be chatting a little bit about, um, and it's a lot of the people that's been following our meetings and the community that we're really kind of setting up is about how do we fine tune and get into the, the nitty gritty when it comes to the mindset and being able to take something actionable out of today. So with that said, you're going to be talking a little bit more about leadership in times of crisis. What does that really mean? Great question. You know, uh, leadership in times of crisis really boils down to a couple of different things. Here's some definitions that'll help. When I speak of leadership, I'm talking about your ability to influence someone else. For a positive outcome, usually a win to win, but it's about influence. And when we think about influence, we do it every day to everyone around us. So whether that's our, our spouse or significant others, it's our family, it's our business, it's everybody around us. And whether we like it or not, we show up and we influence. And the question is how? So we're going to get into that a little bit more today. Excellent. You know, it really is about influences because when you take a step back of that, for some people, we tend to follow certain people, then we, then others we don't. When I think about leadership specifically, there's a few leaders. I think I would say maybe on one hand that I could count that no matter where I am in life, no matter what I'm going to be doing, mm. if they call me, I will go. I will find out. And I hope those people that I've led will feel the same way. Is that the type of influence you're talking about? 
Absolutely. Interesting thing about that is most of us have a natural leadership level. I, I tell folks that if you open up your side, there's an imaginary scale from one to 10 on your side, one being your low level, 10 you're being optimate. And we, and we change, you know, our leadership from time to time. But one of the leadership laws we like to teach folks is that, you know, you always want to follow somebody bigger than yourself. Now, in times of crisis, um, the people you have been following, the people you have been aspiring to be like, may not um, may not be the same style of leader that they were before. A crisis amplifies leadership. It also shows all the cracks in people's leadership. So some will rise, others will fall. Wow, and, and why is that? Like, why would you say that? Like, why yeah. would some rise? If they're a leader, because I think the expectation is if you're a leader, you're a leader. And so most people, it's natural to assume that they're going to... Um, you know, I'm going to do a lot of bouncing because for the first time I'm yep. able to stand today. So if you see me doing that, it's because... <laughs> I wish you could. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting excited. Envious. Yeah, so most people expect a leader is going to be a leader and they're supposed to do the same thing. They're going to, you know, take care of, you know, their yeah. themselves and their team and all that other stuff. So why do some rise and some don't in, well, in moments of crisis? It's interesting, but most of us, we tell folks that, you know, our brain is, is like a computer. So we have programs in there that run things. And most of us don't have a program for crisis. Not at this scale. We have never been through here before. So this is a brand new kind of, hey, well, this we have to reinvent the wheel. Now, you can take all the great criteria that you've kind of built your leadership on, you, you know, the people in your work, and, you, and maybe you manage a company or some folks, or maybe it's clients that you're managing. And all of that is relevant and real until you put it under a test. And the leadership test that we've got right now is called COVID-19. Congratulations. It's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody will radically be affected by it. So no matter how strong your leadership is, expect that, you know, things are going to go crazy for a little bit. Um, and you're not going to really know. Now, interesting to, to kind of give you a perspective on this. When I was young, I grew up in uh, Saskatchewan, and there was no jobs there. So I learned to respond to crisis or, or if you will, an adverse situation um, very early in life. So I had a great pattern for adversity, um, if you will, a great program, a great way to get my butt out of the program. When this thing hit, I actually faltered. I really did. My brain just did not want to work on it. And I went into tilt. And I got sucked into something I hadn't thought of at all. So I, I called my mentor and I said, hey, what do you think? And we talked about it. That helped a little bit. I phoned my other mentor and he asked me three questions. And at the end of the three questions, he goes, Rich, this doesn't match the way you normally do things. You're actually waiting for the government to pull out their surprise package, you know, uh, to help everybody out. But you don't usually wait for a surprise package. You just get out there and give her. And he was right. And in that moment, my brain went back and I clicked into my program and I actually wrote so one of the things I like to encourage leaders to do, everybody on the call today, is actually dig back to the last time you found adversity in your life and kind of figure out what you did step by step because that's what you're going to do through this. Interesting. That is so brilliant. And I love that you talk about, you know, the program, which is really about, you know, the mindset, right? You know, how am I going to yeah. teach my brain to think? And I think in moments of crises, it, what happens is we default to what was already been programmed. And that's kind of what you're just saying is, 100%. you know, when you go through those types of situation, you know, go back to see how you handle the last thing. And so what if someone doesn't like what they did the last time they went through adversity? Well. You know, the great part about human beings is we're actually, uh, we learn so fast, right? So if you went back to the last time that you went through adversity and you go, I don't want to do that again, you will naturally figure out a better and more creative way to actually do it this time. 
Perfect, perfect. Yeah. And so what would you say, you know, before we get into some questions here, what would you say are some good practices that people can go to reprogram or maybe program for those who may not have had, um, you know, diversity or something adverse right. that kind of happened to them? What are some key things that you can say if they would start this now, this week, what would that be? Uh, good point. Um, you know, leadership starts with self. So how do you lead yourself? Number one is you limited negative input. Um, if you're watching the, uh, it was one of the first things I did that when my brain switched around, Christopher talks about it all the time. Kyle, you talk about it all the time. I'm sure, you know, it's just, you got to stop getting in there. Nothing we can do and watching TV and all this doom and gloom and kind of contemplating and going to the coffee shop or, you know, talking to our friends is going to help. Um, the bottom line is that's not the mindset we need. So one limited negative input. Okay. Don't get into the conversations. You then need to turn around, make sure you've got your physical health taken care of and, uh, you know, you're getting your sleep, you know, do whatever you got to do to break those patterns. If you're in overwhelm, make sure you get some sleep or get somebody professional to give you a hand with that because it'll definitely help. Um, and then you get to decide something very key. Uh, leaders always choose how they show up. And what I mean by that, it's a mindset that you walk into a room with, right? You're going to give a presentation. You're going to go make a big sale. You're going to go in and talk to somebody that's important to come into your company, or you're going to go talk to your spouse about something very important. You need to have a mindset about how you're going to show up. So how do you choose to be with COVID? How do you choose to show up with COVID? Um, and I learned this from a pastor tons of years ago when we were actually at camp. He wasn't my pastor pastor. He was a friend. And uh, we were going through a big recession or something in Ontario at the time. And, and I said, so uh, what do you think of all that? And he goes, well, I've just uh, chosen not to participate. Interesting. Went, what? And my brain did what? He, and, I, and I started to laugh. And he goes, no, no, that's, that's my stance. I, I have chosen not to participate with the recession. And I went, that is bold. And that is cocky. And it's playful and it, it really means a lot because it makes your brain recalibrate right so i have chosen not to get into the 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 psychology or the spin of COVID. i have chosen not to be there now i have to watch on the other side of that that i don't believe you know i don't push myself to do activities that make it feel like i'm actually putting myself in jeopardy with that so it's like common sense right i still wear my gloves i still you know have face masks um, all of those things. I don't, you know, exercise what I would call silly behavior, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just choosing how you're going to show up every day makes a world of difference. You know, I, I love what you said, you know, the yes. And, you know, Christopher, and I think as coaches, I think we all kind of get into that mindset too. And I think what I, I often say to clients or even with others I chat with is that the internal stories, right? That negative story, that the negative input that you mentioned, the internal stories that we tell ourselves, sometimes we don't realize it leads to external actions that we don't probably necessarily want. Right. Yeah. And so I love that you said about really limiting what that looks like. Um, I'd love to open this up for some questions and comments and see what anyone has there and so if you have some specific questions for for rich uh, what we will be also doing is um after the show or after the meeting uh we will uh be sticking around for another 10-15 minutes to do a q a like we did last week with christopher on the motivation that seems to like we went over really well with people so they want to be able to do that again and that's more of an open format just to kind of get into it uh however i'm curious about some questions that you may have right now 
about uh, leading in a crisis to Rich, and we'll get into that. Um, but before we get into that, you know, Rich, I want to also ask you, outside of the leader, what can the employee do, right? Because if they're not leading, and they're also going through the crisis as well, right? And if their leader is not stepping up, like we were saying, some will rise and some won't, for those who are not stepping up to that level, what else, what could they do? Well, everybody's a leader. Uh, that's the way we look at it. So if you're an employee in an organization and you're working with people, remember that they're human beings and they're all going through their own journey. So number one, you take care of yourself. You take care of your mental attitude. Number two, you want to turn around and you assess the situation properly so you understand what's going on. Um, and then three, you want to have a simple focus and a simple vision, which includes the following. Um, please be gracious to the people that are at the helm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know what? It is always great that you understand leadership and you get irritated if somebody is not actually doing what they should be doing when they're you know, in positional leadership they're at the top of the company, their owner, maybe. Uh, and if they're freaking out, just realize that they're a human being mm-hmm. and that they need your you know, TLC as well. And your understanding during this time, we're all going through this. Nobody's immune. I met one person that said they weren't, uh, you know, being affected, and then a week later, um, they were they were a manager, and they were spending out of control in tears. Wow. Everybody's going through something, yeah. right? Everyone's going through it. I mean, we're all fallible, right? You know, and those are the things that exactly. happens. Yeah. Uh, even though I'll never admit that to Christopher, but uh, <laughs> still, <laughs> we have that. Christopher is chopping at the bits here to ask a question. Uh, right to me. Uh, so, Christopher, <laughs> can you uh, unmute and show yourself? And what's your question for uh, yeah, Rich? Absolutely. <clears throat> so, actually, first thing I'd like to say is, Kyle, get off my back. Okay, now we can move on. <laughs> yep. uh, this might be a little bit unfair because um, uh, three quarters of my team is on this call, but I do have a question. So, so during the first two weeks of this, Rich, as one of the leaders, of, as one of the two leaders in my uh, company, um, I, I really struggled to balance what I felt was pure honesty about our circumstance. Um, versus, you know, kind of balancing, you know, and remembering that sometimes in, in states like this, you know, the employees go to a place of fear, yeah. right? Like it's all fear, right? And so, and I was in my own fear, right? And so, so I felt like I was, I was honest, but of course, through that honesty, sometimes people got upset because it's like, you know, I think we're, you know, we're good. We can keep you employed for another seven days like that's you know because until there was you know some government funding which is still coming a little too slow but there's nothing we can do about that you know it was kind of like how are we going to manage this right and so you know in the process i'm you know i'm concerned that the team was worried about me as part of it because i was reacting quite poorly and i'm also concerned about you know what is that balance between between you know pure honesty you know, versus like, okay, what do they need to know to be successful? And I don't think I've ever had a good filter because I always come at it from, you should know how I'm feeling and thinking so that you can be there with me. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's a good leadership style, but I'd love to hear from you on that. Well, I love the fact that you're authentic and I'm sure that your people do too. You know, authentic um, individuals, we can go with them up and down. The, the part that I like to look at for myself as a leader is that in the moment, um, you're going to have your own personal emotion. You're also going to be wanting to tell the truth. Truth is subjective sometimes, so we have to tell them enough 
about the plain, honest things that are going on. But even more important is the third step. The third step is what are you committed to, right? So when I was in my realm of losing my mind before my friend, my coaches, you know, got me on track, I was in doom and gloom. It's terrible. You don't understand. I mean, I was having emotion. I had people say to me, wow, that's really negative. And I was of no use to the people that I was trying to serve at all. When I came back out of it, my brain cleared and I got the fog out and I go, what, what's the most important part? You know, what I chose to say was we will make it through one way or the other. We are going to prosper through this. We are going to figure out a way to, you know, turn around. It, I don't know what it looks like. I can't control that, but I am committed to one, us being team and two, us making it through. That's what I'm committed to. And of course, everybody's, well, you know, how, what's going to happen next week? Just say, you know what, it's, we're taking it day by day. And I think in the first, uh, you know, it was very interesting. I worked with my daughter, Fallon, and we are business partners, and she's fully trained as a coach and brilliant. Um, her and Christopher and, and Kyle know each other rather well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the thing that was really interesting that she could tell you was at one point we did what we thought was logically correct, which was going to layer off and lay off the rest of our team. She had to write up her own exit letter because she's our president. Mm -hmm. Right. And she goes, it was the most brutal exercise she's ever had in her life was actually to write her own, you know, um, layoff letter. Now, what happened was two days before we actually were ready to go forward, they announced that they were going to do something. So we waited till it came through, hence the 75 percent. So we said, yeah, we can make it through. Right. Uh, will it cost us? Yeah. Does it matter? No. It's more important that we stick together. That's more important. So there's three parts of this. You know, you got to turn, turn around and the third part as a leader is, yes, be honest, but don't put your stuff on them. And, you know, so be honest as much as you possibly can. Calm people down and tell them what you're really committed to. And then when people go is, okay, we're all committed to stay together. We don't know what that looks like, right? Where leaders fail, though, is they say something fluffy, like, we're all doing it together, but I'm, I'm really just going to take care of myself. Right. That's, That's exactly it. Well, actually, because... Uh, I, th I don't know how well I did with one and two, but number three, we did well. I think of course you would. We talked about like we're, like we're committed to, you know, like very specifically, we're committed to cutting our salaries before we let people go. We're committed yeah. to, you know. Well, those are the actions, Christopher, that you're thinking of doing as long as you give them the context. You don't know what the actions could be because they changed like 17 times before That's the right. first two weeks were over, right? It was yeah. just ad hoc. Everybody's making it up. Nobody knows what's going on. Thank you very much, Rich. Great answer. I appreciate yeah. that. By the way, folks, we couldn't ask for better competition. Like, if you hate Kyle and I, you need to you need to go talk to Rich and Fallon. We love our competition. They are the absolute best competition in the city for change my life and change my business coaching. If you don't no, like uh, us, check out Stoke Coach Go Stoke yeah. Coach Go. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. You, you. <laughs> you, Thank got you. It. Yeah. You see, we don't think of you folks as, as uh, because you have such unique gifts and, and talents. We don't think of you as competition. You know what you do, you, you do so extremely well that, and we don't do that as well. So we'd love to, you know, have people go over your direction first uh, to get the assistance that they need. You know, just that's the way it works, right? Yeah, Rich. Thanks for saying that. I mean, Christopher is my competition, and I hope I am his. So trust me. Yes. Uh, we, we. It's really about raising the bar for everyone. Um, I hate you. <laughs> uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks, Christopher. Um,
I want to uh, tap on Michelle McNabb. Michelle, did you want to just kind of talk a little bit about what you were saying about, because, you know, sometimes I think Michelle is talking about something as well, and someone else mentioned it, Rich, which is, what about resistors? What if you have employees who are just resistors or other leaders who are just resistors to the change and taking stock of what's happening? Um, Michelle, would you like to kind of come on and talk a little bit more about what you've been putting in the comments there? Oh, the resistors wasn't actually my question. Okay. I see it's John McIntyre. It's John's, yeah, it's John, but you were talking about dead, dead wood. What, what exactly? Oh, um, oh that's specific to, to, to my, um, my situation before COVID-19. Um, I had a number of crises that came up that thankfully caused me to reevaluate my situation um, and really see where I was spending money. And I developed a system where I could work out each week how much money everybody was making or losing us, luckily. So it kind of put pressure on me to actually have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and in South Africa, there's a lot of strict rules before you can fire somebody. And these were my friends as well. You know, they'd been with us for a while, generally losing me money for a long time. So we managed to build a performance management plan. We gave them a chance. And at the end, I mean, like when the one guy left and found another job, he sent us all cake. So it, it wasn't <laughs> acrimonious. Um, but if I hadn't had those problems beforehand, it, I would have sat comfortably continuing to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, from a personal perspective, I'm really glad I had crises before this because now, now that COVID-19 has happened, and actually, unfortunately, all the staff I have left, now I, de- I really can't get rid of them. I don't want to get rid of them. And we don't have, we don't have no. as much support from the government. So I'm kind of like dipping into my savings so I can keep paying my staff. But at least I know those are the best good ones. Um, and I know, I think it's brought us all closer together as well. Not physically. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you for that and tapping in all the way from uh, um, Cape Town there. (laughs) So, yeah, which is great. Um, uh, Richard, I want to touch on what Michelle just kind of mentioned there is around, you know, being given an opportunity to work with your people, give them an opportunity to one, know their contribution, right? Right. And then also, you know, at some point you're going to have to make some tough decisions, right? I mean, is that a part of that as well when we talk about? Yeah, it is because as businesses grow, we typically grow our businesses. We bring people on, you know, most of our, um, I'd say almost all of the people that we actually have on Stoke Growth as our small business platform. Uh, We don't uh, find anybody that's a ruthless boss. We usually find people that are extremely caring, that really want to take care of their people, that would go to the end of the work, end of the world. Uh, I know people that are pulling out of their personal savings account right now to take care of folks. I know, and you know, they're doing amazing things. They're working, you know, extra hours to try and get things going. Uh, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. But I think the key thing is, is that during these times when we're growing, sometimes we, because of good nature, we just don't want to hurt people or whatever. We give them extra chances or we allow behavior not uh, uh, you know, to happen that we don't address. So when you get something like this, it shocks the system. And a shock to the system allows us to reevaluate everything down to a core. Not that it's all about money, because people contribute a lot more sometimes to the environment and make everybody more productive. It's the individual that maybe is on the borderline that's fighting everything along the way and taking 60 to 70% of your energy, that that person is it's now it's time to you know, see if we can change your behavior. But I love what you said in the sense that you actually, you know, put a performance evaluation together and a plan to get them, you know, up to speed and gave them a good shot. And you know what? Maybe they weren't a cultural fit. Um, if you've got a performance culture and they weren't ready to rise, they kind of self, you know, self-identify and move on. 
um, because we're all about the performance. That's how we, we like to manage people is more by performance rather than, you know, metrics of uh, those types of sorts. But yeah, so you want to do the exact same thing. There will be that happening. The city of Calgary is doing that here. Uh, my wife works for the city of Calgary. I know that when the, you know, and they're unionized. So I know when they rehire, they're going to pick the people that are easiest to work with, show up on time and do a great job because that's a great, you know, great employee. They all yeah. get paid the same amount of money. So <laughs> that's the way it's going to work. And sometimes it's, it's both ways, right? You know, it's like, how do you show up as an employee? And, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, I've said to people, it's just, when you show up at a job, you still have to do the job you're hired to do, right? That yeah. is the core thing. So if you're trying to piece to the manager, or the leader, or all these other things, or piece to other people, because here's the reality, when a leader wants to let you go, they don't involve you in the conversation. They don't sit yeah. you down and says, hey, you know, Susie Bell, we want to let you go. What do you think about that, right? So it's, it's they're never going to tell you. So therefore, it's best for you to just to show up the way you show up and do what you do. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, thank you so much about all these great um, uh, stuff, but I, I don't want to lose sight of what John kind of mentioned about the resistance piece. Like, how do you deal? Like, what would be a quick little tip for people uh, who are resisting uh, the change or their circumstance? So um, good news. Um, everybody will have amplified emotions during this period of time. So if people are resisting the change, that's 100% normal. If they are normally the kind of people that don't like change, um, that would even make it worse. So your job as leaders to be very understanding with what's going on, reassuring and helping them through the process. If they are absolute that they will not conform and not move forward with you, then unfortunately they're gonna let, get left behind. But do everything that you possibly can to help them calm down and work uh, with you all the way through the process. Um, you kind of owe it to them if you brought them on, and there's a lot of uh, certain personality types that don't like change and. And there's other reasons that people don't like change. And COVID just took it and, and you know, literally 100 times whatever that normal response was. Get them help. I mean, Christopher could help them, um, you know, kind of, you know, work that out a little bit um, or whatever's required so they could get more comfortable with change. Everybody's going to require something or some time to change. Uh, weeks to a month is not uncommon. Wow. Okay. Just so we're clear. Thank you for that. Catherine is just going to be sending everyone some information. And Rich, if someone wants to uh, get in contact with you outside of what Catherine's going to put up, are you working on anything right now? Is there something you'd like to let everyone know um, as we kind of wrap up here? And don't forget, we will be doing a quick Q&A for those who'd like to stay on right yeah. after the outro. Um, we'll come back and be able to kind of connect. And then also what we're doing this week is Catherine's going to also be putting out a survey. So we'd love to get your feedback. Um, you know, was this relevant for you? What resonated? What didn't? What can we do better? Would you recommend this? Really a few questions that we want to be able to ask that Catherine's going to be posting uh, shortly. So you'll be able to get that. Uh, but are you planning anything, Rich? What are you, what are you doing? Oh, yes, Kyle. Absolutely. Um, for all the people on the call, this is my leadership moment. So we are committed to helping... Um, if you will, small businesses grow. And we understand that coming out of COVID, it will be a wild and willy time. And we have no idea what that's gonna look like. We probably will be doing a group program. You've got my email there. Please go ahead and say, put me on the list to keep you informed, love to do that. But we are thinking of something that will be economical, something that'll be full uh, spectrum, so that you won't be losing um, any of the value. And uh, something that can help people restore themselves and get their companies back up and going for the next year. 
Excellent. Rich, thank you so much for being on, folks. Uh, just a quick summary. When we talk about leadership in crisis, is really about stopping the negative input because the thought that we put in there is going to go out externally that we may not have. So I think, you know, one of the big nuggets I know I'm going to take away, Rich, is the, the fact that, you know, look back at the last time you dealt with a situation that was adverse to you or some diversity or just some crisis that you may have called. And how did you react to that? I think that was an interesting in peace and then how can we set the mind up reprogram it to then deal with crisis again so i really really uh like that that takeaway for it as well so thank you so much for being here would love to have you back uh, if you're willing to kind of come back and then we could actually dive into a few other things that i know in leadership because it's so broad uh thank you everyone uh for tuning in uh this week for this uh monday mindset meeting uh with uh, rich groff from stoke growth and um, we'll see you next week where we have Raman Kohan who's going to talk about more the career because with all these layoffs and all these things that's happening now what how do we do how do we go to that next level and then Christopher Bay uh, much to my chagrin will be coming back again uh, on the long weekend uh, and we're just going to lighten it up so it's just going to be about uh, bringing the fun back thank you everyone have a great week uh, and I will see everyone hopefully again uh, next week take care thing right to go and change and then get back in time right <laughs> just do that for those who know me knows i like a, a quick costume change <laughs> so rich thanks so much for that uh anyone who has any questions who kind of want to tap in and uh unmute yourself and have a question for rich now is probably a great time great good job on that rich there's a lot of great insightful things there you added yeah. so thanks for the flow i really appreciate Kyle for uh, monitoring that and take care of that that was awesome oh, for sure so yeah. Catherine does all the heavy lifting really i'm just the face that's really what it's about yeah she's delightful to work with <laughs> yes which is great and i feel a couple of people are talking about may the fourth be with you so i it's on the record i've said it uh, may the fourth be with you too so that's actually kind of get done cool john did you want to talk a little bit about uh, the resistors piece of it like did we cover that enough for you or um sure Kyle. I'll, I'll add a little bit to that resistors is a uh, you know fairly definitive word and uh, it's hard to sort of get the the meaning through through a, a chat box as effective as this whole platform is but you know kind of what i meant by resistors is um from my leadership perspective, there's there's three kind of levels. One is, is a group of leaders, another is a group of followers, a third is a group of resistors. And there's nothing wrong with being in any particular group. We're probably in one of those groups all the time. But where, we, where I think crisis um, is remedied is in, um, 
cohesion and conformity. And that's what I mean by resistors, people who are unable to really uh, deal with the crisis in a manner of conformity, whether it's from fear or avoidance or whatever is the situation, right? Yeah. And, um, and so that's really kind of the basis of the question. I, I agree with Rich that everybody's a leader in some way, shape or form. Sometimes we have to kind of teach them where they are leaders. Mm-hmm. But um, certainly in crisis, the word amplified is, is, is very appropriate. And so if there is some resistance, it's amplified. And you don't necessarily want to let people do, um, let them go, but you want to try and help them find a way to conform and be part of the process. That's great, John. What do you think, Rich? Well, I think I get what you're, you're speaking about, John. In normal, um, what we call team dynamics, or if you will, uh, team theory, what, how teams and uh, groups work together, we always say that there's all kinds of different role plays or all kinds of different people playing roles in a team, and they're all necessary. Uh, a resistor or somebody who, you know, kind of, you know, pushes back on the system in some systems are required, right? They push back and, and that's the person that sits back there and sometimes they just whisper behind the, the boss's back and they don't really say too much or they don't really become, if you will, that powerful until crisis hits. And then what happens is they actually, uh, you know, grab a group of people and they start to become a cell and the cell becomes powerful. And it can cause a, if you will, a split in leadership because now you've got people running one direction, other people going, screw that, I'm going the other direction. And, and the leader's going, hey, where am I going? Aren't, isn't anybody following me? And so you get this, this uh, divide and conquer mentality. The one thing I'd uh, let people you know, kind of understand is a resistor in the system is usually a young, immature leader, not by age, but by their maturity, okay? So they, are, they understand leader at a, at a core level. They're looking at the other leadership and they don't like it. They've seen something that doesn't meet that perfect standard. And I did this when I was young too. I mean, I understand, understood leadership at a core level, but I would look and, and I would say, this is how a leader should be. And the minute a leader was human or they had a moment where they were not perfect, I, I wasn't able to actually say, oh, uh, they had a, a moment, don't worry about it, move on. I would actually start to judge them. And then what would take place is I would, I would lower that leadership, in, uh, that person in my mind, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to them. Now, that uh, leads to all kinds of problems, such as getting fired, uh, which I did have one of those, um, you know, because I became cocky and arrogant, and you know, um, I did lose a good job because of it. Now, the interesting part about those types of leaders is if you pull them off to the side and you say, I can see that you actually understand leadership, but I want to help you with a few things. I want to help you understand exactly what's going on um, so that you, you know, can you know, lead the people that you know, are following you. And I'm going to rely on you if you're willing. But there's one thing I need from you. And they're going to go, sure, sure, what? I need you to understand that I'm just a human being trying to do a darn good job just like you. And when you get into my chair someday, when you're here, you'll understand what it's like to have the spotlight on you every single day. And so therefore, I'm now watching you. Welcome to my spotlight. So please step up. Please allow me some grace during this. I'm doing the best I can. I need you to do the best you can. Let's work together and move on. If you get the resistors on your side and manage them, they have less resistance. And so the grapevine uh, can be easily managed. You all know what the grapevine is, right? That non-formal uh, communication that goes, that's 100% accurate all the time in any corporation company. Right, everybody's whispering behind the back, and they all know what's going on before it actually becomes public. Right, uh, yeah. the grapevine is real, <laughs> right? And if you manage the grapevine long before it becomes, you know, a problem, um, what ends up happening is you now have everybody on your side. You can't get rid of them. 
You have to work with them. And the best thing you can do is give them respect. Remember, from a leadership perspective, respect is the, um, the currency. So if you give respect, you have the right to demand respect. And when they don't give it to you, please go snap them on the nose or on the hand. Wake up. You're not giving me respect. I want some respect here. You may not like what I'm doing, but when you stand in my chair, you can do whatever you want and, and everybody will be looking at you. But I'd like your input. Do it respectfully. Don't do it with criticism. And just from a, a, a disclaimer point of view, because I believe my lawyer's on here as well, is just, Rich is not saying hit them physically. No. He's just <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a verbal, just kind of please push back. Yeah, no, don't. In the air, in the air, in the air. It's just correcting behavior. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, Rich, uh, we're going to hear from, there's quite a few different things that are happening. I'm going to try to uh, connect with uh, someone here who had a great question about, you know, um, she just really got, recently got laid off and as well as, um, um, thinking about doing her own business, uh, you know, what she should be doing to make sure she's going to be a great leader. But before we get into that, there's something you mentioned about the resistors. And I think there's a couple of things we have to be mindful of because we often see this is sometimes the resistors may be in disguise for an advocate for other people. Right. And so we need to engage them. We don't necessarily want to shut them out. And exactly what you said, Rich is like, you want to engage them. You want to find out and have that conversation because when they hear that you're also human, that's where it leads to the other things. Right. Cause that has happened to me. I've been fired at jobs where I'm just like, uh, I should be leading, right? Not you, right? And, and we've done that. And I've learned um, throughout the years how to finesse that. And I'm a big fan of getting those people who are um, the, maybe the resistors or negative Nelly or whatever they would call them nowadays to really come on side. Because I think truly deep down inside, they really want things to be better, but they just don't know how to articulate that or communicate that. So find a way to bring them in. Christopher's example is, you know, give them an opportunity to be pissing from inside out versus outside in. Um, loosely translated, that's kind of where, where he goes with that. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of mention that as well. Lauren, can you hear us? Can you able to talk back? Hi, can you guys hear me? We can hear you, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. So let's see if I can get my video restarting too. There oh, you hello are. everyone. Hello. Okay, so I was just recently laid off um, from an oil and gas job here last Monday. So yeah, I was one of the lucky ones that like managed to survive the last couple of years. Um, but I was planning to quit come on October anyways to start my own business. So this just happened a little bit sooner and then with all of COVID happening, I'm kind of wondering, A, are there any, because I've never run my own business before, so A, is there any um, like tips and tricks that you have for new leaders and when it comes to kind of like putting yourself out there and like staying in that right mindset? Because I know there's going to be fear and uncertainty and especially in this environment. And then um, the second one being is, would you recommend starting something now or would you say maybe wait for another month until things kind of start reopening again? Wow, great questions, Lauren. Um, congratulations on being independently available for greater things. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, you're actually in a perfect scenario uh, when it comes to this. You've got a past background in business, so you know what that looks like. Your brain's already probably wired for it. 
Um, you're coming new into the environment, so your brain is not stuck in the old way of doing things. Fantastic. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine said to me, every single business owner now has to look at it from, I'm starting a new business tomorrow, and, that, and, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after. So, you know, you could start now. What you're looking for is opportunity. There will be people that will create massive businesses that weren't even in existence, um, you know, in the next little while. There will be people that will take a business model, twist it on its head because that's what it needs, and then turn around and make a fortune. Um, there will be other businesses that are, are what we call their keystone solid businesses in every industry, right? And we, we, we don't know what their finance like. They might not be there tomorrow. We've already seen some of the ones that should have been, they have a perfect business model, but they weren't financed uh, well enough that they could actually turn around and make it through. So my encouragement would be really simple. Number one, get yourself a good set of advisors, you know, and keep those around. You probably have some already, but, you know, phone them up and say, I need you as my advisor. Um, I'm hiring you as my advisor. You know, uh, it, your mental attitude is the most, uh, I would say, the most valuable asset you have. Number one. Number two, you keep your eyes open for opportunity and possibility. What do the people need right now is the question. What do the people need? And then you turn around and you say, how can I make that happen? Right? Simple and clear. Then the third thing I would recommend is no matter what you get your heart set on, don't make it perfect. Be very agile and get it going fast. Speed is more important than, than uh, perfect. You know, you're better to open up a hot dog stands out of the back of your half ton and, and have somebody buying a hot dog than you are to turn around and go buy the truck, out, you know, outfit it for, you know, $60,000 and then go all the permits, you know, for three months and then kind of, you know, get it going. I mean, you're better to be actively doing it, making it happen and changing on the fly and evolving than you are to turn around and make it perfect. So that kind of answers um, a question then, because I have friends that are like, oh, I, I don't want to start a business until I get the website and the business cards and I establish this and yep. that. So you're suggesting Dump start that. putting Forget yourself it. out there? Yeah. Unless you need online sales and that's the game you're going to, then that's different. And then I would say, um, how, how much of a website do we need to get things going by the end of the week? But so would you, <laughs> even just doing, say, like a Facebook page or like something like that, is that yeah. sufficient? Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody's on Facebook. So you start your, you know, and do polls on Facebook and get people's buy-in, start developing a community, you know, start asking for great ideas and start to poll to find out what people really want. So you really know what's going on. Don't make it up in your head. Just say, hey, everybody, I'm thinking about opening a hot dog stand. Where do you think is the best place for a hot dog stand? Next to Home Depot or downtown? And they're going to go, Home Depot, because everybody's at Home Depot and hungry when I come out. Right. Yeah. You know, learn it's, it's a good thing because a question only because I think a lot of people, and this is what the, the, the final piece of this is about imperfect, you know, um, imperfect inspired actions, right? Um, inspired imperfect action. What regardless, it's really about taking action and you don't have to wait for perfect, right? You don't have to wait. Okay. I've done the marketing. I've, I've done the website. I'm ready to open the door and have everyone run in because it doesn't always happen that way because you will find when you do steps and steps and steps and steps that you're going to evolve like what Rich was just saying. You're going to evolve and be able to pivot uh, accordingly because that's what's going to take. Now, before you can do all that, you kind of have to have an idea about what type of business you want to run, what you're going to do. And it's important to know that first because if you don't know that, what are you going to tell the web guy? 
You know, what is a guy like Andrew Forbes, who's on here, who does amazing websites, is going to say to you, right? Because he's going to ask you, so tell me about the business. And if you don't know who the client you want, what product or service you have, he's not going to be able to actually put that out there, right? So it really is about understanding first and then say, okay, I'm going to take the first step and then see where that step goes. Am I wrong, Rich? Or 100% on there. Yeah, 100% on there. This is the part that I love the most. And so think about it from this perspective. Remember, the guy that invented the waffle cone was, a, was an ice cream vendor that ran out of cones. And he went over to another vendor, grabbed a waffle, wrapped it around, and put some ice cream in it, and he created the waffle cone. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so crisis creates opportunity. You just got to see it for what it is. So allow yourself to go, how can I solve the problem? Not saying, oh, I can't do it. Just saying, how can I solve this problem? And you'll find new opportunities and new, um, if you will, new creation for, you know, some greatness. Right. Thanks, Rich. Thank you, Rich. I really appreciate that. Um, great after after the meeting conversation, because usually after a great meeting, I find people just linger, right? Because they want to either continue the meeting or say, awesome. what did he say about me? What did happen? Right? So there's always something going on there. So thank you once again, Rich. And thank everyone for participating today. I'm looking forward to seeing you all next uh, Monday, where we're going to be chatting with uh, Raman Kohan here uh, mm -hmm. around the career. Because what do you do after you got laid off? And what if you want to find a new career? How do you actually go about doing that? And so that's what uh, Raman's going to be talking about next week um, so if you haven't registered please do don't forget about the survey monkey that um, survey that we want to send out for your feedback we'll also include it in the email when we send that information out have a great week take care everyone thanks again hey, folks. Thanks.